So welcome to Not Just BOP, your podcast from the Student Union of Winchester. So I'm Combol, I'm the Representational Networks Assistant, and I'm also the Vice Chair of Spectrum, which is the LGBTQ plus society on campus. My pronouns are they, them. And joining us today, we have Dan, Holly, Charlie and Lauren. So I'll chuck it over to them to introduce themselves, starting with Dan. Hi everyone, thank you for um, tuning in with us today. I'm Dan Hepburn, your Vice President of Activities at Winchester Student Union, um, and my pronouns are he, him. Hello, my name's Holly, uh, and I'm the Activity Groups Coordinator at Winchester Student Union, and my pronouns are she, her. Hello, I'm Charlie. Um, I am studying primary education at Winchester University, and my pronouns are he and him. Um, I'm Lauren Davis. I am um, on women's rugby and my pronouns are she, her. Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's going to be a really exciting podcast. I'm very excited to talk about rainbow laces and sport and inclusion in general. Um, so I'm just going to pass over to Dan, who's going to give us a little bit of an insight into what we're doing at Winchester Student Union and just talk us through what we're going to be talking about today. It's very exciting. Um, I think I can speak for us all here that we are also proud to be supporting um, the Rainbow Laces campaign and working in, in line with Stonewall to um, lace up and speak up. And we, we've laced up, we all did our bit yesterday um, and on Wednesday, lacing up and now we're speaking up and having this conversation, which I think is really key. Um, we, we believe it is an issue that can be fought and, and be resolved. Uh, I know Con has some statistics for a bit later on to share with you, um, but in due course to really pinpoint and emphasise the issue we face. Um, firstly, we'll be letting you know what we've been doing in Winchester this past week um, and kind of our plans for today and then our plans for next week as well um, to raise awareness for people in the LGBTQ plus community um, and how sports teams can promote this inclusion within their practices. Um, so like I mentioned just, just a second ago, we had all our sports teams on this Wednesday uh, wearing rainbow lessons to show their support for this brilliant um, initiative, which we love to see. I know Holly especially was excited to get out and see our team, but I was unfortunately in meetings, so I wasn't, wasn't able to go and see people in action. But just from our um, Instagram stories, it was really great to see a lot of our teams that were playing, if they weren't called off, um, supporting the kind of the action on against um, this abuse and just wearing their rainbow laces. It was really great. Also, as obviously you know, that we're using this podcast to engage with students in part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we're asking them to come forward and, and share their stories of how they found it. Um, talking about being part of the community in Winchester um, and how sports kind of influenced that. Uh, I also urge you to keep an eye out on our Instagram page. Um, depending on when this podcast goes out, we, we will be releasing a, a grid post soon, kind of in the same, same manner of this podcast. Um, Everything we do is student-led um, and to have student involvement in this initiative um, alongside Con, Con Holly and myself it is really brilliant. So I'll pass over to Con for the, the first question. Thank you very much, Dan. Um, so what we want to know first of all is what your experience is of being part of the LGBTQ plus community at Winchester, both at the university and in general. Um, so if I check over to Lauren first of all, if you would like to talk us through. Um, to be honest, personally, I've had nothing but good experiences. Um, I came from a very small private school, uh, predominantly white area. Uh, everyone's very close-minded, so if anyone came out, it was sort of a very big deal, and it was it was something like people used to run away from. Um, 
you just didn't get treated nicely at all. And it, it was nice to come to Winchester and it seemed like no one assumed, like no one asked if I had a boyfriend or anything like that. People just asked if I was seeing anyone or like no one seemed to assume, um, you know, your preferences or anything like that. And it, it, it's just more of a nice, open-minded environment. Yeah, that's really fantastic to hear. Um, I had had the same experience as you. It was all just very open-minded. Nobody assumed anything. Um, Charlie, have you got any other perspectives on that or anything else you want to comment on? Uh, yeah, just very similar, really. So when I came here, I was kind of, I'd only been out, out officially kind of for a few um, kind of months, I'd say, really. Um, so it was quite nice to be included as me, not as um, as a gay person as such. It was very, very open-ended um from everyone which is obviously really nice to feel um but yeah i've only ever had positive stuff since i've been at winchester which has been really nice bro i mean that's amazing to hear obviously as students and staff members at winchester where you know we are very proud of the work that we're doing um and the support networks that we have for our lgbtq plus community um i know that um holly and dan want to talk more about sport perspective that's the whole point of rainbow laces um so holly i'm going to chuck it over to you for the next question Thank you, Con. Um, and yeah, that was lovely to hear that kind of how how nice the, the community is at Winchester itself. So I could, like Con said, I'd quite like to move into the kind of the sport aspect and, and how the LGBTQ plus community feels within your sport. So how has your sporting community affected your identity within the LGBTQ plus community? So if I hand over to Charlie first. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I, I'm part of the Badminton team. I've been been playing badminton for well years and years now. I can't remember when I started, but um, yeah, as a whole, it's been very very nice to be included, and I haven't felt anything um, negative towards myself or anyone else uh, within. Um, but it was quite nice because um, similar to Lauren, actually, when people kind of start asking about who you're seeing, if you're single or whatever, it's more um, generic rather than. Um, stereotypically sort of said oh you play sports so you're obviously going to be straight kind of thing um which i had when i was a lot younger playing football um it was a lot harder to kind of be myself i felt like i was kind of hiding behind someone else um sort of pretending to be this person i suppose i wasn't actually just to feel like i was part of part of the team really but um when i moved over to badminton it felt a lot a lot nicer um because it's i suppose it's because it's more of a individual paired sport it allows you to kind of be like you're known you're known as that one person rather than as a, as a collective person and since being here at Winchester um in my second in my second year now um yeah it's very included when you go along to events it's all very very generic rather than oh you're this or you're that it's all open-minded which for me is really nice to be able to play play a sport and be myself in that sport um I feel like I'm quite loud in my personality and obviously it's quite nice to be able to express that on court rather than as soon as I as soon as I jump on the court I have to I have to portray this wrong image which isn't me um but yes it has taken a long time for me to get to that point that it's really nice to hear that you kind of being in badminton you get that kind of individual identity and you don't have to to feel like you're putting on a facade so it's really nice to, to hear that you get that that kind of freedom of expression uh, whilst playing badminton um lauren do you have anything to to kind of talk about add talking about your experiences in women's rugby yeah i mean um i've been a women's rugby for probably some would say too long now 
because uh, I've been here for four years. Um, but I've gone through just about every committee role. I've never had any issues. I think I'm quite fortunate because um, women's rugby in general, in university outside, is just a very inclusive sport. Um, there's never any sort of shaming around sexuality or body types or anything as a whole. I think rugby and the rugby community is just such an inclusive place. Um, and I think me personally, um, being scared to come to uni and, and having to think I'm going to have to come out to people over and over again for the next three years or however, um, I've tried to create an environment in my committee and um, I know the rest of the guys have as well to make sure it's not something that needs to be said. And, you know, if you if you see your mates doing whatever they're doing on a night out, um, doesn't doesn't need to be a conversation. You know, it's it's everyone's just getting on with what they're getting on with. And it's, it doesn't need to be such a big deal all the time. And um, I think we've got the opposite problem where we've stereotyped. A lot of people assume that uh, women's rugby members are queer and we have a mixture of uh, queer and non-queer players. But I think that that's what makes us so inclusive and, and no one really bats an eyelid. Wow. Again, that's re that's really refreshing to hear and 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 have that community. It's a little bit different to, to say other sports. I mean, Charlie mentioned um, the football a little bit earlier and how they felt a different aspect to it. Kind of on that topic, I think I'll move over to Dan, who will talk a little bit more about the barriers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just echoing what Con and Holly have said, it's really refreshing to see that Winchester sports teams have got that inclusivity and that you, you're both striving to continue that. Obviously, we know university students typically stay for three years, but I think a massive part of this is creating that community which will pass down even when other people leave um, and kind of leaving that positive mark for for future students and those sports teams to continue to be inclusive. I think that's really, really great. Um, although you've, you've both said you've had positive experiences, um, we, we all understand that there are sometimes barriers for um, queer people um, trying to get involved in sport or to play a certain aspect of sport. And I was just wondering, do you know um, for yourselves or for anyone else, um, part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, have you have ever had any um, barriers with being queer and playing in sport? Or um, if you haven't, that's brilliant. But if you do have anything to say, then I'll, I'll pass on to Charlie first. Um, yeah, so within sort of sport as a whole, um, back in my footballing days, the it was kind of you had to be um, I don't know how to word it specifically, but you had to be part of this. You had to look the part to be the part almost. And um, because um, as as a look, I suppose I shouldn't judge or anything, but I, I wouldn't say I look and look a gay man. But because um, when you're in a football team full of people, like a lot of beefy as such males, they all assume that you are you are this. And it's obviously not very nice to have that. So. Um, in my early days, obviously, um, when kind of I was finding out myself really more about more about who I was and what I wanted to do, um, it was very hard to be who I wanted to be because I felt like I had to be someone else in this environment. So I couldn't express, be my loud, flamboyant self um, in this environment because it kind of wasn't allowed. Um, but it's nice to see sort of on the back of that, how things have been changing a lot, sort of in the last few years, especially with a few players coming out sort of in the in the professional game. Um, and um, 
yeah, it's just nice to see people sort of not expecting it or being surprised by it, but just appreciating it now. It's just it's now becoming a bit more normal to talk about and to be, um, which it should be. And hopefully sort of years to come, it'll, it'll get a lot easier and a lot easier. But within badminton, I suppose it's like I said, it's because it's more of an individual sport than a team sport. Um, you kind of come on as you and you, you kind of you, are, you, you kind of have to be yourself from the start. There's no there's no expectancy for you to be like for you to be gay, for you to be straight, for lesbian, whatever you you are. Um, it's about the sport, and because you're individual, you're playing as yourself, which is quite nice. How you can express yourself on court, how you are as a person. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think um, it, it may sometimes be very sport specific, and obviously you mentioned playing football when you were younger and the different values that that would be portrayed on depending on what sport you play. And obviously, like you mentioned just recently, um, we were talking in the office the other day about the the first. Um, gay top tier footballer to come out and I think the um, feedback they've got and like the response has been really really great um, and hopefully that will convince other people that are afraid to to come out um, because I know football can be very um, non-inclusive in terms of that kind of inv- allowing um, people from that community to to be involved so I think that was really great and kind of what you touched on expressed that um, so we'll move on to Lauren now if you've got anything to add um, I think the main thing that I've noticed is it all comes back to um, the culture and the history of a certain team within the uni, um, where there's a lot of things like toxic, to- toxic masculinity in certain groups, you know, rugby, football, um, those sort of stereotypically masculine sports. Um, I think people struggle to come forward and it's not necessarily, I think, um, an issue for them feeling like they can't join a sport. I think it's for them feeling like they can't be themselves around their teammates. Um, and particularly in women's teams as well, the stereotypically very feminine um, societies, cheer netball, um, I've heard personally that people feel as they're stereotypes, they're all, you know, girly, straight girls, as opposed to rugby players, a mix, mix of, mixture of both. Um, they are sort of overlooked and assumed to be, um, you know, non-queer. And whenever, you know, they've conducted themselves a certain way, it's always um, stereotyped as for attention or um, for for the attention of, of guys and stuff like that. And I've heard they find they find a struggle to identify as queer um, without people making assumptions about them. So I don't think it's necessarily... You know, women's rugby. I think it's more um, queer people on on stereotypically feminine or masculine sports. I mean, it's it's really nice to kind of hear this like very honest and open conversation here. And and um, and, you know, this is why we want to do the podcast. This is why we want to see rainbow laces. We want to um give give a spotlight to LGBTQ um individuals within the the sport community so from kind of those barriers you spoke about both kind of in those stereotypical feminine or masculine sports if I was a committee member right now but listening to the podcast and I was thinking oh I'm you know I, I want to create um a really open environment within my sport um that is kind of perceived in those ways it, do you have any recommendations to kind of how how a committee could facilitate kind of making a more open environment I know it's a tough question to ask. Uh, um, I think personally, 
we've steered away obviously there's the the priest culture um you play things like never have i ever or things like that there's always such a emphasis placed on oh never have i ever got with someone of the opposite gender or the same gender and um i think sometimes questions like that can be inclusive in a way that it gives people a chance to uh i guess come out in a way that's less formal and it's less of a big deal and you can see other people around you um drinking to those sorts of questions and you're like oh i'm not alone and personally that really helped me but i think it's a fine line because it also alienates certain people if they feel like there's other people that don't want to come forward then they feel like it's um I don't know it's something that's frowned upon within their team I think it's it's sort of a thing where you have to look at the people around you and look at what what are our sensitive subjects for them and what my team are making jokes about and maybe cut some jokes um make an open conversation about other things thank you Lauren that's that's really helpful Charlie do you have anything to add at all um, yeah, I'd say sort of if, if if I was sort of to pass information on or some something to say to the other sort of committee members, it would just be a case of keeping everything quite open. Um, like I know that obviously football stereotypically was always a male sport, but it's nice to see now that everything's broadening out and we are keeping everything much more open. Um, it's the same with sort of um, all sports. So it's nice to give the opportunity, not necessarily... Um, make a huge huge thing about it. like oh my gosh look we're gonna try and get some some i don't know male players playing some netball it's just a case of trying to keep it all natural and normal like there's no point making a massive deal about things um because it really does not need that it's just it is part of our lives now part of society um but yeah like um lauren was saying as well those sort of stereotypical never have you ever, ever done this and it's always it's always ways of certain people they want to play it because they want to find out but um we as i myself for sure I'm not afraid to talk about it now like don't get me wrong three four five six years ago I would have been absolutely petrified to talk to anybody about anything like I was very closed off very um, I was trying to convince myself that I wasn't something that I was but now being able to talk to people and I've kind of understood myself it's much easier to pass on how I'm feeling to people so it's a case of being open and trying to and not making a big deal of asking someone something and obviously you don't actually have to know these things as well like you can't just be friends without knowing if someone's straight, gay, trans, you know what I mean? You can just be friends with whoever you want to be, um, which is quite nice. But I think it's a case of just trying to make people understand how we feel sometimes. Like Lauren was saying about the jokes and things like that. Like, obviously, jokes can be absolutely hilarious, but obviously it's, it's a case of when and where kind of thing. And like, I personally, I'm, I'm, I don't really care about the jokes sometimes. So, you know, you're like, haha, cool. Yeah, that's me. I'm gay. Cool. Um, but sometimes some people can take it the wrong way. So it's got a case of understanding people, but also being aware of what you're doing and how you're portraying what you're saying rather than what you're saying, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, it's, it's really interesting to hear. I think it's about kind of like having open conversations and, and also, but not kind of making anything as said to be out uh, oh it's so scandalous somebody replied to this this um this comment or this um they drank at this never have i ever it's about taking that scandal away to something that's completely natural um so i'd quite like to hand over to con to talk us through kind of some some stats related to sport and the barriers 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you both for obviously sharing what you felt um, in sport. I think it's really important to to have these conversations to facilitate bigger conversations outside of this room. I know we're not all in the same room, but three of us are um, making sure that people that are listening are knowing what's going on in sport and knowing what like wider participation means. Um, what I was really interested in is what you were saying about um, joking stuff, because um, it's about 20% of sports fans that think that anti-LGBTQ plus language is just banter. And I think that phrase, oh, it's just banter, is thrown around so much in you know the locker rooms, the sports pitches. I've heard it before where I've had you know people like in the locker room going, oh, Con's gonna stare at us. Oh, it's just banter, I didn't mean it like that. That obviously is an acceptable language and I think having a conversation around that and making sure people know that that isn't acceptable is one of the biggest things that we can do. Um, and interestingly, I think it was Lauren that was saying um, about uh, separating their sport life and their personal life. It is about 33% of um, people who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community that um, aren't out in their sporting life, but are out in their other life, which I think is really interesting because for a lot of people having that sport life is part of their identity and knowing that people have to completely separate it is is really upsetting to hear. Um, I don't know if you guys have got any experience about that or if you know anybody that's completely separated the two because they feel they wouldn't be able to get involved anymore if they came out in sport. I'll throw it to Lauren first. Um, I think, yeah, there's definitely been uh, people I've known throughout the years who have just been scared um, to come out, whether it's they've just um, become comfortable and understand their own identity, that that seems to be the main the main reason. Is a lot of people who have come to uni and they've already um, pretty certain of of uh, their sexuality or their gender or anything like that. They've had to come through those barriers that previously, whether it's in sport, whether it's in their personal life of um, am I comfortable sharing this? Am I comfortable with these jokes, etc.? Um, and I think people are scared because they don't understand their own boundaries yet. So they don't know how to communicate it to other people, especially um, as jokes are concerned and things like that. They feel that, you know, that they're going to be the butt of the joke. And if they can't, they, well, can't take it, as some people say, um, it will be them being too sensitive or things like that but it's just you know it's very much about putting boundaries in place I think yeah brilliant thank you and like Dan was saying earlier the the campaign slogan for Rainbow Laces is lace up and speak up um, and I think it's really important that even if you're not part of the LGBTQ plus community if you hear that language or you hear those joking making sure that you are speaking up you know I know that we've got our report button on the Winchester Student Union website for anything like that and as a university we are an anti-harassment anti-discrimination university so it's really important to make sure that you are being an ally to your teammates. Um, Charlie do you have anything else? Else that you wanted to add on that conversation? Um, yeah, I suppose. So I do. Um, I'm not going to name any name any names sort of in the professional industry or anything, but there are people out there who have to do who have to do this. The whole um, personal life separate and sport life separate, um, which I do know, and it's obviously not nice to hear that they can't be themselves because of who they are as such which obviously is absolutely heartbreaking to know that you can't you have to you have to be a certain way to do this and you if you if you're not this way you can't do it so obviously that in itself is 
awful to hear because you want people to be accepted for no matter who they are or or um what they believe in um so yeah hopefully it's the case of like we say having all these people here to talk to and hopefully through this podcast they know there are people who are in the same situation or maybe we're slightly ahead of of them as such because we've kind of understood ourselves because like like we've all been saying a lot of it is about understanding who you are as a person um and obviously sadly because years and years ago obviously stereotypically if you were if you were this you were this if you were that you were that and it was all all um not very blood very sort of this 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 it's nice to know that it's slowly but surely um everything is blurring into you can kind of be what you want to be and who you want to be which obviously is really nice to hear um but yeah Yeah, absolutely. That um, really kind of sums up, I think, everything that we were talking about, just making sure that, you know, straight isn't the norm. That isn't what everybody in society is going to be. Um, and I do think that we are moving towards a place where the conversations don't have to happen. I know that for me, I haven't actually come out at university once because there isn't an assumption for it and there shouldn't be. Um, I think just on our final kind of question, did you have anything else that you wanted to add from your experiences or anything else that you want to see that we could be doing better as a university and as a union for sport teams? I know that I suggested to Dan, we um, could potentially be getting like some rainbow captain signs like they had at the World Cup or the Euros. Um, I think that would be something that would be really progressive for our sports teams as well. But did you have any suggestions? Uh, I'll start with Charlie for this one. Um, I suppose as a whole, I'd say what we are doing is all going in the right direction. Obviously, we can't push this too much and we can't um, go go sort of over the top as such without having all, this, all the support behind us. So I think it's a case of just as we are keep doing to people, reiterating that we like we are here, there are people here. Um, I suppose it would be I could, is that if there's an opportunity to do some sort of charity style um, tournaments, for example, where we can involve both uh, all people. So, um, for example, uh, if we were talking about netball, maybe having sort of some mixed teams so people can understand, like, can see things like that. Or um, like when we play with badminton, you have mixed sort of one man, one lady or two ladies. Do you know what I mean? So it's just nice to interact everyone. And I suppose it'd be nice to work closer with other society, uh, with other societies and sports teams ra um, rather than just obviously Wednesday night having that, that time. It'd be nice to do some sort of non-alcoholic <laughs> related things with other sports teams i don't know how easy that is to organize um because i don't know my, me myself obviously because last year was a bit of a bizarre year with the whole pandemic um haven't really got to meet other people outside of kind of my course and my sport as such because obviously there isn't really that chance to do it and i don't wouldn't know where to go to or who to go to to ask about things um, but I'd certainly be in, uh, happy to be involved in organising some charity style events like mixed netball teams or mixed hockey or do you know what I mean or anything like that where we can all kind of come together and include each other um, to be able to talk as well. Yeah no I, Charlie I completely agree I think that's a really really good idea um, and kind of getting everyone together regardless of their identity I think is the key behind that. Um, ensuring inclusivity is, is at the heart of that and it's something we can talk about um, we've talked about it in the office beforehand just making sure that everyone was involved um, but really really good ideas and it's it's good to see um, and I think the main thing from this is, is just being open and people listen to this podcast um, ensuring that you are inclusive and including everyone I think is, is massive so I don't know if Lauren you had anything else to add from from your experiences or um, yeah, I'd say there's two main points and I think one um, would be sort of my personal plea to committee members 
um, is that I think people underestimate how much influence you have as a committee member over your team and the culture of your team. And I think there are too many committee members that are standing by and listening to certain comments, um, you know, certain jokes at pre's, uh, certain jokes on the pitch and not putting a stop to it. And I know our welfare places such an importance on understanding people's boundaries and what they find funny and what they don't. And I think that is just the most important thing, understanding your the boundaries of your team and implementing things that mean, you know, these things aren't being said because it's not funny for this person, it's offensive. Um, and then from an SU point of view, I know personally at, um, at the Freshers' Fair, um, I had a non-binary student uh, approach me and say, oh, can I join women's rugby? And it was a matter of, you know, I'm I'm not at at the um not in the place to ask. Obviously, I know there are certain regulations in Bucks about, you know, uh certain sexes can play certain sports. Um, but I think maybe more uh of a campaign around non-binary students joining these sports teams because obviously they're labelled women's and men's a lot of the time. And as a committee member, I was kind of sat there like umming and ahhing. And I felt really, um, I, I felt rude, to be honest, but it's more of a, I wasn't educated around, you know, the regulations, which is partly my fault, but I think, you know, it could be addressed more openly. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if any any members of sports teams, or like you said, because committee members are kind of figureheads, um, within those kind of activity groups and I think anyone that's listening to to ensure you have that mentality of being open and being accepting of of, of everyone regardless of their identity um and the second that the campaign in kind of increasing education in terms of accessibility to sports teams I think it's a really good idea obviously you do understand the the difficult nature behind it in terms of buck race, bucks regulations but I, I think that's something we can work towards and I think that's a really good idea um, and we will we'll chat about that in due course. Um, was there anything that anyone else had to add? Holly and Con you are included in that just to kind of round up the podcast? Yeah sorry um, I think as we do have some mixed teams but I definitely think that um, that we can have a lot more just to kind of add add on to what Dan was saying uh, from your point Lauren um, but kind of beyond that I think that's all I think it's been really uh, really really nice to kind of hear um, Charlie, Lauren and Con kind of talk about your your personal experiences being in the community and I think this is um, a really nice step to kind of have an open conversation um, and you know personally I'm still learning things I'm sure Dan is too and like just having these open conversations and um is really really helpful and if you're a committee member listening to the podcast today and you've got questions you want to kind of change your culture um you can always pop down to the office and have a chat with us and we can use our knowledge and resources and, and people with more information around us to kind of help and aid and educate everyone yeah i totally agree um i think for me being somebody from the community this has been a really important conversation um being able to discuss sport and outside of the community as well. Um, so I do want to say a massive thank you to Charlie and Lauren for joining us and helping us to to talk about it. And um, don't forget that Rainbow Laces doesn't just end on the 8th of December. Rainbow Laces and inclusion in sport is a year wide thing. So keep lacing up and keep speaking up. And thank you for listening to the podcast.